I am unashamed. What about you? All right. I have, I brought some uh, display things today. So if you're just listening, we'll have to tell you about it. Because yesterday I went metal detecting and I have quite the story. What happened was we went last week. Dad, Dad are, you shocked, are you shocked that Jace has a story? You know, he, he's going to go down in infamy for the man who never ran out of stories. I'm not sure how to take that, Phil. <laughs> yeah. Never run out of stories. I said, well, that, that right there is pretty well going to wind it up. He said, oh, no, I got another well, one. Well, I'm not sitting on the sidelines. I understand. I'm living. I've noticed the materials so, you're digging up. I just thought I'm looking at the materials you dug up yesterday. So for the listeners, I have a display of various parts of history that were lost. But guess what? They've been found. Why is it that always, every time what you dig up, what's accentuated, that's a pretty good sized word, but what seems to be the focus of your diggings is that there's always a lot of bullets. It's a violent world, Phil. What's, what's the, it, it is sobering. I, it to, is to me. I'm, I'm looking at it. Because look, it's a lot I of bullets. kept the Civil War. These are, I think they're 58 caliber, three ringers, most of them. There's a couple different. There's some uh, what they call mini balls, yep. a little round. Then there's some buckshot in there. You see the, oh, I see, see those, that. yeah. Why are the and, bullets always there in that quantity? Because for the untrained mind, that's my mind for people who dig in the dirt. But I'm just looking at it as it seems to me that if you spread nationwide, there are a lot of bullets. A lot of bullets. I mean, it's I bullets. probably found this many, and I have, what, 40 here? I probably found that many modern bullets. Of course, I don't keep those. Yeah. Just the actual bullet. And then I would say at least 20 holes, like shotgun shell hole. Of course, the only thing that's left, the plastics are gone. There's a few. Uh, the guy that was with me, one of the guys, he, he kept a couple of shotgun shell holes because they had little pins on the side of them. He's like, oh, those are old. Those, those are more rare. Of course, I have these guys, you know, the average. When do you attribute that mostly to hunting? Probably. I mean, not as much where you're hunting. Yeah. It's not as much warfare as just people hunting, I guess. Hunting you think? and just shooting, you know. I'm out I there. I mean, our roots seem to be tied if you dig up the earth and no one has seen this particular material over the last couple of hundred years. It, it's all, it all arrived when humanity started coming from Europe. And the country started to develop. Well, as a, but a lot, the, the bullets seem to be a lot stand of, out in whatever era you're in. I'm thinking, man. But a lot of it has to do with, you know, we have the right to bear arms. That's probably I mean, a lot it, of it. It's in our constitution. Of course, nowadays, you know, some of these people in some of these cultures, they think that means wear sleeveless shirts. You know, they, they're oblivious of that kind of constitutional <laughs> I got that Jace. <laughs> the right to bear arms <laughs> I think I went over Phil's head right to you did. bear, thinking, what bear arms bear arms sleepless yeah, yeah sure. right. okay. I got to stay up with me I got I have more than stories I have yeah. 
we'll go with one and let's let's see if we've heard it before so a couple weeks ago we go to this place it was this old house one of these old plantation type houses and uh i found i only bought a couple things that i found in the yard there which one of them was a nice silver quarter and uh so this is found near the mississippi river yeah and so I found this. Uh, I thought this was cool. This is a Studebaker, which I was sitting here going, Stud Baker Stud. My the guys, they were look. They all knew what it was, but I was like, before your time, the Studebaker. Stud, and I said, it's a Studebaker key fob. Of course, I mean, I was like, what, what, what is that? <laughs> it's, like, it's a car, <laughs> and I found like this silver plated spoons it was good i found some other things but i i had to leave and they kept going and they were getting permission from the adjoining houses and well they ran up on some civil war stuff and so then we went back because you know that they found that right for dark so they're like we're going back we you know we found a campground from the civil war and they found actually there was a grave there that had just in the yard, in the guy's yard, hmm. said General somebody, and they they were so excited. So we went back yesterday. So I just thought I'd I'd show you. I found a few bullets, uh, you know, a skeleton key, a pocket knife, which I thought was ironic. And then I found a a kid's play gun because it really wasn't a there wasn't a house, an old house site there that we know of, but I'm sure. You know, people play. And I mean, I found uh, some of these heads off of porcelain dolls. I mean, I'm just not sure what the fascination was with porcelain dolls. But, uh, and a few buckles and a pocket knife. And so we find all this. Well, and and I found a Civil War button, which I thought this was cool, a World War One button, and then this Golden Age button, which I didn't know what that was. But this was just a fancy gold glitch button. That they would the, you know the high and mighty would wear, so that's pretty cool. So anyway, I'm down there digging so, in. The so oven. does that mean that like, because <clears throat> you just spread out over seventy years of history, does that mean that that was different people probably that lived in that area? Because if you got a Civil War bullet, I mean, I mean a it, button, it, but also yeah. World War One. It doesn't. You think that's just different people that have lived in that same area? Just doesn't really make sense. I mean, we were. I think some of this stuff was more from that plantation house that it just sifted down because we weren't, I mean, we were a hundred yeah. yards from it, 150. Cause in the guy's yard that he's only, they've only been living there four years and they had a manufactured house. And he's like, to my knowledge, there had never been a house here, but you know, I found five wheat pennies in the yard. I mean, where, where'd they come from? You know, so I mean, yeah. now I found a lot of modern coins too. But just people, you just don't realize how much stuff is in the ground. Really, that doesn't make much sense. But all this, the Civil War stuff, it was deep, so it was really hard to find the signal. But anyway, we're down there digging. I'm, I'm, got a pretty good sized hole going, and a guy pulls up, and he's like, "Hey," I said, "Hey, how you doing? I'm Jace." He said, I own this place. But the way he said it, I thought, oh, do we have permission to be here? I had no idea. I was like, 
Awesome. Uh-oh. I love it. Thanks for letting us dig. He said, nothing like coming home to people pillaging your yard. But he said it with a straight face, <laughs> and he just took off like spun his wheel. <laughs> and then he stopped a little, you know, on up the way, and he said, I got something to give you. I thought, well, where is this going? So he come, he went into his house, because now I'm kind of looking around like for my buddies thinking, are we sure we're supposed to be here? And so he come out of his house. You're thinking friend or foe, friend yeah. or foe. And uh, he had a he had a check in his hand, and I looked at it, and it said, pay to the order of the Miyamoo Fund, which is my daughter's charity, and it was for 1000 bucks. What do you know? And I was like, what what what's the story here? He said I I had a cleft lip and palate. He said I know exactly you know what your daughter is going through, and he actually had listened to the podcast, but he didn't know I was going to be there. These, he had given permission for my buddies to come, but nobody mentioned me. But what what he said happened? He said his wife, when she was pulling out, she called him and said, "Look, all these treasure hunters are back," and uh, she said, "You're not going to believe who's with them." And he, he, she said my name because I didn't know the backstory, which was since he had had a cleft lip and palate, he, you know, started following us on the podcast because he, somebody had said, Hey, they, they have a charity, you know, for, for kids with a cleft lip and palate. And he said, so I started, you know, he said, I'm a believer and uh, you know, my heart feels for, for those kids that have been through it. So I was like, now this, I mean, I got a little bit choked up. I'm not gonna lie, oh, because he was—he just started telling about his journey, which what's amazing—he has a beard. I—I I would have never, you know, known it. And uh, so I said, "Boy, you—how you, old was he? Come, uh, I'm bad as you about stuff like that. He had—he's had two little kids, <laughs> so I'm gonna say maybe thirty, twenty-five, thirty, somewhere in there. But uh spectacularly nice good people and they got a kick out of seeing what was in there <laughs> which they were shocked i mean we're we're having all this stuff because at about that moment the guy who got permission he starts cackling you know he's down and he's got quite the hole and he said i have found the mother load of bullets and we went over there And evidently, they had dug a hole for whatever reason and dumped a whole box of these bullets, which I felt like an idiot because I hunted 10 hours and found 30, 40 bullets. He dug 106 out of that hole. They were all rowed up. I took a picture (laughs) of it. The hole was probably ended up being four foot deep probably. Because it just kept going, kept going, and kept Something going. Something having to do with the war. Yeah. Bur- burying your they, ammo, hiding they, your ammo. They dumped a, yes. a, what they call a cache of bullets. That's what I was thinking. That's a cache. They, that, that was their little fallback spot or something where they had their bullets out there. Yep. But you know, I tell you that story because what was strange to me is – because I asked him embarrassingly, but I was like, well, you want a picture or something? Cause, I mean – he he given me a thousand dollars. I've pretty much pillaged his yard and have holes in every direction. You know, I mean I'm feeling kind of bad here at this point. 
And uh, he's like, no, I don't, I don't do. Yeah, I could tell you was feeling bad by the volume of holes you were making. Yeah, he said, I don't do, <laughs> I don't do celebrity pictures, you know. Which I felt like, oh, well, because I wouldn't either. I mean, would you? Would you take a no. picture? I told him my famous line. I said, no. the only person I'd wait in line for is Jesus. <laughs> Outside of that, <laughs> no. I'll wave and that's fine. But he said, no, I'm not, not really in that. He said, but it is strange. He said, he said, I met your uncle side. I'm like, Ooh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, that was a joke, but <laughs> I, I was like, you know, his wife was saying, well, you, you should meet Jace at some point. And he's like, you know, I just feel like if the Lord works that out, he'll work it out. Well, he told me that, that story. I was like, and I showed up in your yard. So, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty inspiring story. So then I told him, I said, well, that's why I'm over here. I mean, this this metal detecting is a hobby, I said, but, you know, helping, finding somebody that wants to help some kids and some families and hearing your journey of faith. And he was telling me about, you know, he's in a small group, Bible study, and, you know, this this podcast helps him. So, I mean, I, it was it was just an inspiring day. So I thought I, yeah. I, thought I would share. Great story, Jason. You know, you call that you call that divine appointment, Jay. Yeah, I think so. Well, I told you, I, the the longer I, I walk with the Lord, the less I believe in accidents. And I believe when you look at the book of John and the book of Acts that we're studying, I believe these are God-orchestrated meetings of these people. I mean, if you read Acts 17 and take it word for word when in— Paul's sermon to the unknown God, which we did a podcast on a few few times ago. <clears throat> he said he determined the exact places where we should live and the exact yep. times set for them. Well, what does that mean? It's just hard for us to wrap our head around that. <clears throat> yeah, I always thought, uh, let's take a break. So, Dad, back in the day, whenever uh, we were starting Duck Commander, we had a lot of things we weren't concerned about. And uh, one of them was human resources. We didn't really know what that meant except for child labor, which was <laughs> mostly me and Jason, Willie and Paul doing the business. But today, uh, things have changed a lot different. You got wrongful termination suits. You got minimum wage requirements. You got labor regulations. You got you know the new Biden administration. I'm sure there's going to be some more stuff laid in there. So you need that HR uh, manager or some sort of help in HR to be able to run a business these days, and it costs a lot of money. If you're hiring, if you're having to hire uh, a full-time guy up to seventy thousand a year, so there's uh, one of our sponsors is a company called Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, and basically they're going to give you a dedicated HR manager, but they're going to do it online, uh, which is a great way to be able to do it. It's ninety-nine dollars a month. Uh, they take care of everything you need. It's month to month. There's no hidden fees. You cancel any time. So go to Bambi.com uh, slash Robertson, and you're going to get a free audit. And then find out how these guys can help you if you have a small business. So that's Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Robertson, Bambi.com slash Robertson, and get some uh, HR help if you need it. I always thought, Jay, is that at the big level, like it's the God of time and space. In other words, he, he is in control of everything. And it's interesting you brought up about Acts because today we're going to start in Acts 13 and kind of just do a 
flyover of uh, Paul's first missionary journey. But, you know, over and over throughout this text that we're going to be looking at, Paul would say we were prompted by the Holy Spirit to do this, or we were prompted to go here. You know, a, a door was closed. We were going to go there. He had a vision about a guy in Macedonia. So to your point, I think you even see from the early church in the beginning that God lays these things out. And it's just up for us to figure out exactly what he wants us to do. You know, yeah. he's got the plan in place. So I think that's interesting. Just like that. I mean, just like what you experienced yesterday. Yeah. I had made the point, you know, before that I used to thought think I, that I had to go look. But I'm like. People, you're you're around people every day, and if you believe that that God is in control, the, these these people are opportunities. And you know, we're looking at these missionary journeys of these guys, but they were basically just going to where people were and sharing Jesus, which I don't see is any different. But I tell you another thing; it also validated my thoughts about giving, because. You know, I've I've said many times if you're having to try to get up and preach sermons that somehow makes people feel guilty or obligated to give, which is a direct contradiction to scripture, I reiterate right here. This guy I, he he is moved by helping kids cuz he's been through that and he decided in his heart what to give, and you didn't have to do that. I'm thinking from a church perspective, you have the greatest motivation in the history of the world, which is the story of Jesus. When people buy into that, and I'll give you an example. When I recommended that show that's out called The Chosen, and they just started season two, I believe, this week, because my wife is like, why aren't you watching this? But I was like, it's a technical issue. You put it on my phone, but I don't want to watch it on my phone. How do I get it on the TV? But anyway, we got that lined out. But she told me something last night, which I thought was interesting. Because usually when we, you know, spend a pretty good portion of money, we'll have a conversation. But she went on her own with this, and I, I loved it. And she said, oh, FYI, I sent them a check for 500 bucks. And so evidently how they make the show is they just take contributions from from people who like their show, which I like this. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, now I spent a movie. If you watch a movie, it was a movie cost, minus the popcorn and drink, because that goes from about 20 to 80. So how much does that cost, Dad? When's the last time you saw a movie in the in the theater? Dad, Dad probably I knows been that. to a movie theater. He <laughs> My man is saying ten dollars. So is that far all back. So oh, far ten back. ahead. Yeah, I don't remember that. I don't even remember being in a. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> not part they of my. They still story. do it. So That's ten, ten me, bucks. Man. But what I was gonna say is, I spent five hundred. <laughs> if somebody said, "Well, uh, you watch a show, it's gonna cost you five hundred dollars," people say, "What? I would never watch that," because we're giving because we like this. I will pay. Five hundred dollars yeah. for you to keep doing this, and and look, she didn't ask me that. I said, "Good job, babe," yeah. because that's the kind of giving I'm talking about. That's where your heart and your passion. They're doing a show well done about Jesus and his interaction with people in a in a non cheesy way. And what's what struck me uh, in just the big picture is as you dig in the earth 
and you come up, it's a trail, and you look back at human history on things that have happened. One one thing I thought of just then when they were talking about it, in other words, the fact that God raised Jesus from the dead never to decay is stated in these words, I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David, stated elsewhere, you will not let your holy ones see decay. You can dig in the earth all over the entire planet, Al, from now to the end of time, but you say you'll never find the bones of the decayed remains of Jesus Christ. He's He beat death. He conquered mm. death. And you say, boy, when you look at it like that, he said, look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I'm going to do something in your days, during the days of the Roman Empire, that you would never believe, even if someone told you. Well, they're all telling them about it, but they're all being attacked for it. And the very thing that that God said would be the the centerpiece of the entire story about his son Jesus becoming flesh is that his remains are not here. He lives on, death being conquered. You would never believe it if someone even told you. So they're exactly. telling them, they're telling them that a lot of scoffing, a lot of scoffers going on it to this day. They're still scoffing about it. To your point, Dad, <clears throat> that makes it different from every other world religion as well, because every most religions are built on a prophet or built on a person. But every other one went in the ground and stayed there. Yep. You know, the, the teachings may have followed on. The books they wrote may have gone on. Their their thoughts may have gone on and are still present today. But they all went in the ground and stayed there. And that's the one difference, I think, about Christianity that makes us so unique. And, of course, to obviously makes it more believable to us is that he did raise and so will we. And so yeah. that's that's unique you know, to all of those religions. When he said, yeah, David was a great guy, king, the king of the Jews. But he said he died, and the, he, the, the place where he's buried is still there. You know what I'm saying? But what's interesting, Phil, is you, yeah, you've yeah. quoted this verse because we're in Acts 13, and we're, we're going to take a more uh, overview approach from here on out because it's basically they're just going from town to town and different things occur. Same message. But that's a quote from Habakkuk. If, yep. if that, I don't even know how to, it's a book in the Bible. I'm not even sure how to pronounce, but, and I don't know if you're <laughs> familiar right. with Habakkuk, Al, but I feel like I need to say it with that <laughs> Israeli, like Habakkuk, more, <laughs> more sinus. But, you know, when you read that, that, that prophecy, it's an interesting book. Because it's Habakkuk is saying, Lord, why why are these bad things happening on the earth? And he gives all his complaints, you know. And then the Lord, his first reply is like, well, and that's where this quote comes from, is not only that, I'm going to rise up, I'm going to take a nation of Babylon and, and rise them up against you, even though... They're worse than you are. <laughs> and so then he complains again. Then he complains again. Well, like, this is not making sense. And and it it made me think when you said that about all these bullets in the ground, you're looking at, and it's really about, you're talking about social injustice. That Habakkuk's whole point for blaming God is why 
is all this stuff going on that's wrong. And in that conversation, the Lord makes it plain that, yeah, that's going on, and it will continue, but that's going on because you're not trusting me. You, If you trust me, it's like he's almost like saying, and I'll let you read it for yourself for all our listeners and see, it's almost like he's saying, yeah, but I'm allowing that to happen so that you will realize that they have nothing. And, and he, he lists the problem. They shed innocent blood. They're getting drunk. It, it's the same things that are going on. He's like, they're getting drunk so they can all look at each other's nudity. Yeah. I mean, it's stuff like, I mean, the Lord's saying it, not me. Yeah. And he just, they keep going through this cycle. And so finally in the chapter three, Habakkuk is like, you know what? I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna trust in you. I mean that that that's that that's the that's the story. But somewhere in there, that quote. Yeah, historically, what the time frame that Habakkuk was was writing this, Jason. You're right. You talk about impending doom. You know, I saw the CDC director the other day said we're impending doom. That was a word she used for us. You know, with another Corona wave supposedly, but they were looking at impending doom because Babylon was about to capture basically the best and brightest of the whole country. And so they're looking at it as we're done here. I mean, North Israel was already gone. Judea was all that was left. And they had all these promises of the Messiah. And they're like, what do we, I mean, there, there's no way we can come out of this. And it's exactly what happened. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar came in, dragged them all off to Babylon, and it looked like it was over. But again, just like we talk about all the time, there was this small remnant. You know, Daniel was there and, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach and Abednego, all these mm-hmm. people of God. And then ultimately he returned them to Israel and, of course, set the stage for Christ. So, you know, yeah. every time you face impending doom as a culture, you got to know that God ultimately wins always, no matter what. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that, you know, we, we, we went down that road just because, you know, Paul gives a sermon. Well, it's the same sermon. Every time it just has different bells and whistles to his audience. I mean, he's basically going to go back to basically what uh, Habakkuk had had reasoned. Though in your search for truth, in your search, you know, for direction and for motivation to do do what's right, you're you're going to have to go with God. And here's why. And he tells the story of Jesus and he's freed us from the law. And, and he tells the history. He goes through the whole history of, of Judaism here in, in his sermon. Yep. He mentions David. He, he, hey, he Jace, goes, let's take, let's take a break. So Jay's one of our uh, sponsors uh, is a company called Gabby. Gabby Insurance. Do you know what Gabby stands for? G-A-B-I. Did you think it was just a woman's name or something? I thought it's that old Western Gabby Hayes. Oh, he had whiskers. He was an old Western guy, and he his ancestors. Somehow, I knew Dad would relate this. He's the sidekick of Roy Rogers or somebody. Got in way back, uh, Gabby Hayes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna Gabby Hayes. Well, go that would be that would be a good one. Incorrect. <laughs> That's true. It actually stands for Get a Better Insurance. Oh, so that's Gabby. Clever. Yeah, Get that's a, a long better. way yeah, from Gabby clever. Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Gabby Hayes should be their mascot. Yeah. Uh, a great company, uh, basically, that helps you compare your insurance so you'll know whether you're getting a good deal. Uh, their customers have saved over $961 a year on average, and they never sell your info. So 
If you're looking to buy some insurance, they're going to compare it for you where you don't have to do it. Uh, basically, uh, they'll do the work. So it's, it's totally free to check out. There's no obligation. Go to Gabby, G-A-B-I dot com slash unashamed. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash unashamed and see if these guys can save you some money on your insurance. He mentions David. He mentions the judges because in the end, in any culture, we're trying to find a way to obtain righteousness and equality and justice and and all the all these things but and they try to get it through man-made constructs instead of just trusting in god exactly their view or lack thereof that's why all these empires they keep climbing to the top and then they disappear they keep climbing to the top and they disappear it's based on their attitude toward the god of heaven every time yeah, I agree. You know what I find right. interesting now? You may know the history of this more than me, but some of the verses you don't really notice in the Bible. It's like the first two verses of chapter 13. He he lists the people who were there as five guys. Well, I was researching this. Well, two of these were either from Africa or, you know, my point is when you do the do the history of who these men were, this guy Simeon called Niger, which was, when I read the history, well, he was from what we call today Nigeria. And so you have Nigeria, two men of right. color and three, I guess, brown, whatever, you know, their skin color. But no, nobody has the same skin color here. And this is the group. This is God's assembled group. And, and it wasn't like they were going around saying, Oh, we're gonna all come together. They had come together in Jesus, and favoritism and, was out. And favoritism <laughs> is out, which is really the point in our culture today. The side of people who don't believe in Jesus and this movement. I mean, I heard a a, a professional golfer because it's the week of the Masters say yesterday he came out and said, you know, we're know we need to pursue social justice and equality he had kind of had a speech well it got a lot of a pr because you know he's like i'm drawing a line in the sand we got to accomplish that but i thought to myself are we after equality or are we after favoritism you know if i because i feel like in jesus i view everybody with true equality because the definition of God equality is we all came from the same place. We all make mistakes. We all need Jesus. We can all live forever. We, you know, we all share those, those qualities, which allows me to treat everyone as a love for my from neighbor. one man. God yeah. made every nation a man. Right. But it's like in our culture, when something bad happens to a certain group of people that they've designated outside of a, of a godly view, they don't want equality. They want favoritism. Yep. That, that's what it seems like. It's because true. if I, even the way I treat my family, well, that a lot of people would be offended. You know, the, some of the things I've said to Willie, you know, but I'm doing it cause I love him and we laugh at <laughs> each other cause we know it you know it's we're not politically correct to each other but if you do that in our culture 
oh, somebody's going to start throwing rocks at you. So I'm like, I'm treating you equal. But they're like, no, I want you to treat me favorably better than you would treat. And so that's what I'm saying, because in the end, we all make mistakes anyway. And I'm all for everyone having the exact opportunity to flourish in this country. I just feel like it's going to happen at a greater level if you do it through the filter of Jesus. You are correct. I'll give you a verse that proves that. Uh, Colossians 3. I don't know if we've read this before when we've, we've talked about this. I just found it interesting that before this speech even started, you had five guys from different cultures and different skin colors, and nobody said nobody makes a big deal of that. But I, I think that's a big deal back when, just like it is today, being prejudiced and showing favoritism was a huge deal back then. And, and very little yeah. has changed. But Colossians 3 says, which Jesus is the image of God, Colossians 1, Colossians 2, we all participate in it. We all die, are buried and raised with Jesus. We're not under law. Colossians 3, since we've been raised with Christ, we set our mind on things above. So he comes down and he talks about how our life is. We put to death the sinful nature and we put on the new self. Well, verse 10, it says, well, verse 9 says, don't lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and then put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of the creator. And here's my point about equality. Here, where's here? In Jesus, the new self, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, what is that? Scythian? Scythian. Scythian. I don't even know what that is. Scythian, what is that? Scythian. We talk. Scythian. Scythian. I don't know. It's a bar- I guess it would be the opposite Scythian, of barbarian. One of these many groups that make up right. all yeah. of us coming from one man. Slave or free, which, you know, in biblical days was more the classes of people. Either you have people working for you right. or you're working for that person. But Christ, and here's the filter, but Christ is all and is in all. I mean, to me, that's the equality I'm striving to promote, to combat social injustice and the bad things that happen. This, that this one is will work. it. That one will work. This, this is the blueprint right here. Yep. You've got four books to choose from, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, to see how he treated people. Be inspired. That's a yep. great point, Jace. Let's Let's take another break. So we've been talking a lot on this uh, podcast, especially in the book of Acts, about about heritage and going back to, to the single person. God made all nations uh, out of one man. So we kind of if you go back far enough, you're going to find yourself connected to the original people. Right. And uh, which we know kind of the cradle of humanity came out of the Middle East. So we're all kind of connected. And they're one of the uh, sponsors of our podcast is a, is a company called Ancestry, Ancestry.com. And that's basically what they do. They, you know, through DNA testing, they go back and figure out your heritage, you know, and obviously the closer back, the easier it is to find. The further you go, the more difficult. But uh, I find it fascinating uh, finding out about your heritage, kind of where you came from, what section of people uh, as far back as you can go. And of course, in our case, with our family, 
uh, obviously these guys helped us uh, find uh, a daughter, dad, and a sister that we didn't know we had either. So we, we definitely love these guys and what they do. Uh, basically, what you do, if you want to check these guys out, you go to Ancestry.com slash Phil. That's Ancestry.com slash Phil. And they're going to give you a free trial and you can find out about your heritage. Check them out. And to your point, everybody we're reading about for for a long time in the all the, the New Testament were people of color one way or the other. And so, you know, our T-shirt people, I I wish I had a T-shirt that said, I worship a man of color because Jesus was a man of color from from the Middle East. Yep. So it it just, it doesn't make any sense. Look, I had a buddy yesterday. It's interesting. You said that. My buddy uh, from Kansas, he called me yesterday. He said, hey, we're doing a, uh, they're doing some kind of ministry where they're helping people that, kind of the rehabbing crowd, you know, yep. and he said, I'm printing up some shirts. But he said, but one of the uh, leaders at the church, he said, I shouldn't do it. And I want to get your opinion. I was like, go for it. What's, what's the shirt say? And he said, the work, the shirt says worship like a prostitute. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, is, is that it? <laughs> he said, yeah. You know, and then then he started telling me the story when Mary uh, cried and and wiped Jesus's feet with tears and and poured the perfume. And he's like, worship like that. I was like, here's what I'm going to recommend. Put the scripture reference under that statement (laughs) and I'm in. (laughs) He said, well, I thought that was understood. I said. No, you didn't say I. And then I put a scripture reference. I said, you put a scripture reference. I said, it's kind of edgy, but I like it. I, I mean, he was saying. So, I mean, I, I it, it it makes you uncomfortable. Like what you're saying, Al. I mean, I, it would that wouldn't make me uncomfortable yeah. at all. But, but it does scream out. God does not show favoritism. God doesn't show favoritism. I'm sorry that God's love yeah. makes you uncomfortable, but if that's true, then maybe I'm not sorry. Yep. Because really, that's why I keep going back to what people don't realize is if we all agree that one of the things we share as a human race is that we're going to make mistakes, well, the only way we're going to ha- truly have equality is we got to figure out what we're going to do about that. Yeah. Take away forgiveness, Al. Yeah. And you've taken away the only thing that will heal the, the soul. You take away forgiveness and you're done. That's right. You're done. Well, that's what I'm saying from, right. from the other, the people that I disagree with who are out there hollering and saying, we need to do something about it. You don't have a plan. There's no, because their plan, when I listen to it, I'm like, that doesn't sound like equality. That sounds like favoritism. Yeah, the people you know? of God come from a vast network of yeah. humanity, Al, and the one thing that stands out about them, several things, they all sin and they all die, yet they all count time by Jesus. But yeah, <laughs> but bringing them together is quite the ordeal, as it turns out, because we are ready to cancel but slow to forgive and move on. It's, I mean, I uh, could make a list of 10 things. I was going to say, Zach and I were talking recently. Zach and I were talking, and uh, 
you know, he used the term I loved. It. He said, you know, everybody's talking about social justice. I wish we could shift the conversation to social mercy. Yep. Because that's what we I mean, when we look at justice from God, we're saying, man, we understand justice and the importance of it. But we're, we're striving for mercy because we're imperfect. And so we should seek the same thing from our fellow man as we seek from the Almighty. Plus, I want mercy, not justice. Plus, going back to the shirt, Jace, if you look at the lineage of Jesus, I don't know what you're going to do with Rahab the prostitute. You see what I'm saying? Well, of course. I'm, she fits there in there worshiper. somewhere. I mean, as, yeah. like, hmm. as uncomfortable as I was when he first said it, when I got to thinking about it, I, I was thinking of the same woman that the point of the shirt was about. I thought, I see what you're, where you're going there. And the fact that it's edgy and gets people's attention, I'm for it. I was like, but I would put a Bible verse there because <laughs> I think if you don't have that connection, I don't want people's minds to think, oh, you know, this, this guy, boy, he's into something naughty. Jesus so, is for everyone. That's the point. <laughs> so I think we could make, we could come up with 10 verses on the definition of equality from the Bible that I think we should pursue. I'll give you one example, Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, yep. but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. But that goes both ways. So if we're we're all going to come together, and of course that's based on Jesus because he's the filter, because then it says your attitude should be that as of Christ Jesus, which is my point again. What you're going to see over and over and over and over, you're going to go to his qualities and how he interacted with people, and you're going to find the way to truly treat people. That's better than anything you can come up with, whether you believe it or not. I mean, who doesn't like that? I've asked a many a man and woman, do you what's the downside of loving God and loving your neighbor? And all of them, I'll, you know, you know what response I get? Silence. Silence. Yeah. <laughs> what's the downside That's of exactly loving God right. and loving your neighbor? And Jace, look, it's always silence. Yeah. I think what people are missing is you can read the Bible and you can read these stories and try to figure out what you know, you can map out all the strategies and of how they did and know all the facts. You know, they had this weird encounter with Bar Jesus who basically they gave his spiritual qualities and every quality, it reminds me of that story that Habakkuk was talking about, was the exact opposite of of being godly. Yep. He he's like, You're a child of yeah. the devil, you love evil, you I mean it was just like a you're, everything you're doing is wrong. <laughs> you're the complete opposite of what God wants you to, to be. But I think if you read these stories and if you just think about the places they're going and you miss the one point, which you said even before we started filming this today, they were introducing a person who is a supernatural being. And the places were insignificant, but they were just going where people were this was all about a relationship that produced relationships with with a, a being that they had wrong in this case that most of these people had wrong they had viewed god under the old system and they had everything tied to the places of worship 
which is why I'm saying this about the person versus the place. And it reminds me of what Jesus said in John 4 to the woman that Jews were not supposed to be associating with who had a very bad past that had been married six or seven times and was living with a guy that wasn't her husband. What in the world is Jesus Jesus doing with her in the middle of the day out in public? And they have this conversation about there will come a time where you won't worship here or there. On this mountain or the other one. It won't be about a place. You'll worship in spirit and in truth. But we know based on what happened after that, that that happens in people. That that, uh, that Jace was a that was a breakthrough breakthrough. Yeah, it's kind of the pattern that you see here. Let's let's take one last break. Yeah, and I think you're right, Jace. And I, I think you know. I, do you find it ironic that Bar Jesus, who you mentioned, who had all these bad qualities, that Paul struck him blind and? said he looked at everything and looked like a mist. And I wondered if that's because that's what got Paul's attention. You think he was like yeah. saying, well, I tell you what, here's what got me when all of a sudden I couldn't I see for think three it's days. a great point. And so get you some of that. Since you're blind, yeah. I'll give you a dose of it where you'll appreciate what, what you can't see. Well, he just, now he has this power. And look, they were able, I mean, my opinion, y'all can give y'all's. We were under a different set of systems of, of how the Holy Spirit worked back then. I mean, the Holy Spirit sounds like to me from reading this, I mean, he was dictating policy verbally out loud. But to me, that wasn't a big thing because all these people had seen the resurrected Lord, you know, and p- other people are hearing thunder. Oh, no, that's God talking to me. Now, I've had people say that God was talking to them, but most of those people were behind bars because it, they they thought it was God, but it was kind of a bar Jesus. And yep. so I'm always a little skeptical when they're like, well, the Holy Spirit told me to do, do something and it has nothing good. It, you know, there's evil involved. So, I mean, we all, we all know that, but I just think it's, it's crazy that he had the power to do that. And God gave them, that kind of power, because I don't know how I would be able to handle that. But what was more important was for him to introduce Jesus to people and for him to come up on people who were claiming to be godly and saying, all right, let me just give you the list here. You're a child of the devil. You're an enemy of everything that is right. You're full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. So now the Lord will be against you and you're going to be blind. And for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun. It is worthy of note that the pro-council that uh, this guy worked under or worked with, bar Jesus, it ends up by saying uh, he was the pro-council saw what had happened. He was looking at bar Jesus. He believed for he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. So it came back to the mm. message that they were proclaiming. This guy's in the way. Well, check this out. Blind him. And the pro-counselors over observing all this. He said, you know what? I think I'm on the wrong side of this thing. So he moved on it, Jay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes a, sometimes a little curse will get your attention. Yeah, you know? but you know what's amazing? That happened. <clears throat> Paul preached Jesus. 
And then the leaders of the city, they didn't like it. No. Nope. Scared them. And nope. so nope. in verse 49, speaking of, of social injustice, you know, the word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust from their feet in protesting against them and went to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Yep. I always found that funny. It's like, how does a Christian let you know he's mad? He just shakes the dust off his feet. It's like the most harmless act. I mean, here they are persecuting them. I mean, we'll see. It gets worse. Stonings, beating. Uh-huh. But we're, they were angry. They just shook the dust off their feet and kept moving. Well, and it's kind of the same pattern that you see here, and you closed it perfectly because Paul will come into town. He usually goes to the synagogue first because that's where he finds the most common. You know, they both serve Yahweh, and he was a Jew. So he tells them about Jesus. Some will tend to listen sometimes, most time they won't. Then he goes out into the marketplace, usually gets a crowd, and then the Jews who didn't agree with him are jealous, they stir up the tension. So we're going to see this repeat itself over and over yeah. and over again through every journey, every journey. But but like you said, Jace, every time people wind up believing through the process, so they are yeah. spreading the seed I, as they go. I think that's why they were equipped, uh, Barnabas and Paul's, spent considerable time there at Arconium and for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. Yeah. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostle, but there was a plot afoot about the Gentile. I mean, it's just, it's difficult then and to, to almost identical to it is the same the same thing we run into 2000 years later yeah and we proclaim the message same thing Al. no difference nothing different and don't you find it interesting that in in uh chapter 14 when he gets to iconium that in one instance the gentiles there are deifying him Bar- i mean they want to make them gods they're saying we want to bow down to these guys. They can do all these great things. And then as soon as there was some incitement and all of a sudden the Jews came in, those same people that wanted to make them gods, drug them outside the city and stone Paul. Yep. I mean, you talking about going from God to nothing yep. to, to be, a, you know, all of a sudden it was like, you know, and that changed in one day. Which is my point. When there's no umbrella of what true equality is this is the kind of stuff you get into yep you're you're lashing out with people that you don't agree with because they're different or they're saying things that you know what happened to freedom of speech and freedom of opinion back here i mean when you but these guys declaring jesus as lord was literally a threat to their life yep. i mean what happened just saying yep. okay that's good for you see you nope not only do we not like it, if you don't stop doing that, we'll we'll persecute you, we'll ruin your reputation, and if you keep it up, we'll kill you. Yep. I mean, that's the way life has been going on. <laughs> well, I started off to make this connection. And the whole point was to give them immortality. 
which yeah. you think if immortality was riding on it, they would at least say, "Ooh, yeah, maybe there's a chance." But it, it's difficult. Yeah, but I I started off showing you all this stuff, which look I love. I mean, it's a great hobby and it's fun. You know, I had one little religious piece. You didn't notice this, but it has a cross on it, and it's it looks like the picture of like Mary holding baby Jesus. But I mean, it, it's old, and because uh, I thought it was just a, it's not made of any kind of fancy metal. But I thought of all that stuff I found, you know, I did find that that symbol of faith that there's people out there that have figured out the connection that God made, not me. And he tells this story in Luke 15, and, you know, we'll close with this just to tie this together. But he's like, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. She lights a lamp, sweeps the house, search carefully till she finds it. When she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And the bottom line is no matter how many ways you look at life and the earth and the culture and our history, what these guys were doing and what we're doing and even what I experienced yesterday with the guy who donated to Mia's charity. These are the moments that's causing rejoicing in heaven when you're putting Jesus as the center of your life and putting people under that umbrella and adopting his attitude. You want to make the world a better place? That's how how you do it. It wasn't my idea. That was God's example of you want to have some fun? Have some joy? Try this. It is. I love it. All right, we're out of time. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.